Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Joey Christopoulos, and this is Betting Chicago. We are right back at you with another Bears breakdown. A big Bears win in Denver yesterday, 16-14 to in a game that uh, you really can't quite make up. I'm joined here today. I brought back my good friend Dave Rispoli. We helped, he helped me break down some of the keys to the game on Friday. He's back here on Victory Monday. And Dave... Hall of Fame kicker. Oh, Eddie baby. Panero. Panero is De Niro, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Eddie Money, baby. Wow, wow, wow. First um, off, margaritas for everybody. I just <laughs> want all the crew here to believe everyone's getting a margarita. I've been passing them out since yesterday, Joey. I'm exhausted. Yeah, you even went into the laundromat yesterday and just said, drinks on me. Yeah. No just, one knew what you were saying, but you're, you're buying everybody rounds yesterday. I, I you're feeling you, good. I tell you what, my hand is aching from so many high fives distributed to Bears fans. And I'm going to keep giving them. I'm going to keep giving them. I got over a week now. I'm excited. So yeah, let's dive right into it. I think today we're going to break down what happened in that game, what we like, what we didn't like. And then we are going to spin it forward just a little bit. There is a line already out on Bears-Redskins. We will get to that in a little bit. But Dave, right now, let's just talk about, uh, let's start at the beginning of the game. A lot lot coming into it. A lot of pressure on Trubisky. A lot of questions. Week one was terrifying. Yes. Um, What did you like uh, from the outset of the game? Let's just start in the first quarter. We'll kind of move our way through. Well, right off the bat, they took my last week's key to the game to heart, as I think everyone was probably clamoring for more David Montgomery, and immediately we established the run. On the first drive, David Montgomery. He got the start, and... Again, this is kind of like what I talked about with how they dealt, uh, how the Raiders dealt with them. David Montgomery didn't have a lot of yards per carry. He wasn't taking like huge chunks, but we kept with it. And obviously it started to work. We were, we were keeping the Broncos off the field. It was great. It was effective for sure. And I really like, you know, two weeks ago, I criticized Matt Nagy and I thought, he perhaps coached his worst game against the Packers in week one. Just play calling, decision makings, time management, all of that stuff. And I think in this game, in a very, very small way, he kind of, Neggy got the swaggy back. Just a tiny, tiny little bit. And I really do like that they came out and they said, you know what, we're going to run the football a lot. Trubisky, we're going to, it, all the routes are going to be sit-down routes. They're going to be quick one-two steps, like to the sideline, catch some receptions, and let's just start to feel good again. Let's start to rebuild the offense. Did you just coin a phrase, or is that a real thing, swaggy naggy? Swaggy, oh yeah, no, it's a Bears, uh, it's a Bears social media thing. Oh, wow. Did you I, like it, though? Yeah, man, I, I, I missed that somehow. I gotta yeah, get, get that shirt. He did, and he got, he got it, he got it back just a touch, and... For Trubisky, we'll get into it a little bit more, but what I did like about it is I kind of likened it to a pitcher in baseball. And you could say whatever you want about the talent of pitcher X, but a pitcher comes out and gets blown up and gives up eight runs in the, in the first inning, doesn't even get out of the first inning, goes like one-third of an inning, gives up eight runs. That was Trubisky in week one. Yes. And this week literally was all about getting him through five innings. And it was all about, you know, that start where he gives up a couple of runs, the pitch count is low, five innings. Let's just get him out of here feeling good. It's honestly, it's 
you can tell with the play calling that it is a building back up process for him right now. And eventually you do want to be able to get him to complete the game or throw those eight innings, shut out baseball. But right now, like, don't bite off more than you can chew. And I do like that we lean so heavily on the run game to sort of take that pressure off. Joey, I, I brought you a little present. Ooh. Yeah. I know you're a stat man. Ooh, yeah. Let me, I know, uh, I know let you, me unpack it. I know you love a good stat, and this is a great stat for Bears fans. Yesterday, Trubisky became the first starting QB to win a game despite averaging 4.4 yards per attempt. Holy moly. And only 120 yards or less total. Wow. Got a question for you, Joey, to follow up with oh, that Oh, man, stat. this is going to be like a Craig Krenzel answer, I feel like. Do you know who held this record before Mitch? Is he a Chicago Bear? I'm not going to tell you. Oh, man. Um, I want to say, uh, say Kyle Orton. I want to say, I don't know, who is it? 2018, Mitch Trubisky. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm backing away from the mic. I'm so scared. Wait a minute, Joey. Joey, it gets better. Do you know who held it before 2018? Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky in 17? Smoking Jay Oh, Cutler. wow. We cut from the same jib. That means the Bears own that stat. Unbelievable. The house of that stat. But I think that speaks on what you were talking about. We just needed Trubisky to manage. Yes. Just get through it. Just do enough, right? We don't need a ton of strikeouts, right? Just give, give us a couple ground and balls, easy outs. And there was a lot, lot of elements going on here, right? We all knew coming into the game that Vic Fangio knew the Bears' offense inside yes. and out, knew Trubisky's weaknesses, going on the road with the high altitude. All these different little fun ancillary factors went into the game already. And just to be able to come in and, and really pare it down, like even in Nagy's post game last night you can kind of tell that like there's a frustration there that he can't open up the playbook yes but this is kind of where we're at and would the game have gone differently if Tariq Cohen had caught that pass on the very first drive oh, of the game that hit him in the hands quite possibly right yeah but but it didn't happen they kept at it they involved uh, the tight ends, something that I think we're going to see a lot more of. Trey Burton, I think, wasn't in the stat sheet last night, didn't stuff the box score, but I thought he played actually a really solid game, just his presence out there, blocking, being a decoy, distraction in some of these routes. They have to account for him. And it was and it was a plus. And the other thing is, let's be honest, you know, once we went up 13-3 to in the second half, you know, at that point, it's just, hey, let's just hold on here. You know, don't make any mistakes don't push the ball down the field you've got us in a position to win the football game let's keep it there so I think there was a large section of that second half where you know even if you know Trubisky the, the calls weren't even going that way for Trubisky to light it up yes. to be explosive yes so I hope Bears fans I know they're probably frustrated with Trubisky right now but let's be honest we won the football game and we won the football game because of a decision he made Right? He yeah. stepped up into that pocket. Absolutely. He could have ran, which is what I thought he was going to do. Mm -hmm. And we probably would have been short. Who knows? Well, we would have been short, but once the uh, quarterback gives himself up, the clock is dead. So there was like that, that possibility there that we, they could. I don't think he would have gotten to where Allen Robinson was. Right. I mean, he made a decision. We made it happen. And at the end of the day, he got it done. Yeah, absolutely. And but I, I want to hit on that. 
But let's go a couple drives right before that. Let's sure. go to the third quarter and let's go to that big scoring drive, which yes. I believe was nine plays, nine runs. And I thought that was Matt Nagy's best best moment in the game. A bit of an obvious statement, but what I loved about that was we we were able to show them some sideline to sideline stuff early on in the game. We did that end around with Corderell earlier in the game. We did a couple of fakes with Taylor Gabriel, but then all that stuff sort of clicked in in that moment. And on that one play, let's be honest, I think that's all, all Corderell Patterson. I mean, they clocked him over at 22 miles per hour on that run. I mean, he just burned it out. But what was also fantastic is on that very next play, they went empty set. And they brought Corderell Patterson into the backfield. And all of a sudden, the Broncos had to account for him because he just gashed them. And that was just enough to be able to give Taylor Gabriel an end around for another 15 yards, which put us right there. And I think those two plays together, obviously, the first one. But that second one consecutively really set up that touchdown in the third quarter. It was a great play call. It was a great play call. And that entire drive was great play calling. Absolutely. And then I love that we stuck with it at the goal line. You know, yeah. we got all the way down there and it didn't get cute. We didn't get cute and it looked like we weren't going to be able to punch it in, but we just kept with it. Dave Montgomery keeps those legs churning and we pulled it off. Yeah, I would recommend for Dave Montgomery moving forward. The leaping is probably preferred to the uh, barreling in. Yes. I love David Montgomery. He's elusive. He made some fantastic cuts yesterday, but... Um, you can sort of tell he's a rookie on that first contact. When he makes first contact with a defender, he doesn't get great push. He usually gets stood up pretty quickly. Yeah. And that might just have to do with him perhaps getting stronger as his career goes yeah, on. He, he's got to get a little lower. Right. And that's where I thought earlier on in the season they were going to be using Mike Davis a lot. But let's be honest. It's David Montgomery now, right? Yeah, the carry yeah. splits went like this. It went David Montgomery with 18 carries, Tariq Cohen with four Mike Davis only had three, and Patterson had two. So we had a lot of running the ball. We did. And we showed four different running backs, which I love. I think that's closer to the split you want. You want Tariq with about four to six carries, right? Who did not have a great game yesterday. Did not have a great game. I I think... For me, it's a wash between that and the Patterson carry, right? Mm-hmm. It's like maybe we don't get a 50-yard jet sweep from Corderell every game, and maybe every game Tariq doesn't drop that pass. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what's great about that is even if we don't get that Patterson play every game, it's out there now. Yes. It's, it's, it's on out tape. there. It's on tape. Yep. Every defense knows they have to account for it. And when you run that formation... It has more potency now than it did previously in week one. Yeah, and I'll say another huge part of that drive, and I just think throughout the whole game, yes, the O-line doesn't look amazing, but no sacks. That's right. No sacks. We gave up no sacks. We also had no fumbles, and Mitch threw no INTs. No turnovers. So that's, that's why we won the game. Absolutely. Clean football on our side for sure and sloppy football on the Denver side. Big time. So let's go to the fourth quarter um, just very quickly. Hold on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just prepare. This next part is brought to you by Antacids. (laughs) Chicago Bears 2019 season. Take Antacids. That's not a sponsor. Let me ask you a question as a friend and and as as a real Bears fan. Do you, do you remember a game that stressful? Like, can we win an easy one? What's strange about it is it was so stressful, yet I, it, it, the fourth quarter is just so vivid to me. You know, 
let's talk about the defense for a moment. I thought they had a fantastic effort in the game. I thought, in my opinion, all those holding penalties on the Broncos' side, especially number 72, Garrett Bowl, getting called for it over and over and over again, I, don't, I, I chalk that up to not so much a lack of discipline on the Broncos, but yes. I chalk that up to Khalil Mack not getting probably seven or eight sacks in that game and wreaking havoc, and they had to hold him. That, that one where Mack got his hand on Flacco, and he still got the pass off. It was oh, just, it was so he close. just got pulled off of him just enough. I thought he played a fantastic game. Now, you know, the Broncos were able to exploit a few things here and there, and what I've kind of noticed in the first two weeks of the season now is, you know, those two-step easy outs, the Bears defense is going to give you that pass every single time. At some point in the second quarter, I've noticed Kyle Fuller does a really great job of just sniffing out one of those plays, and he's been able to – he broke up a pass against the Packers and obviously the interception that was huge in this game. But he's doing a good job of jumping routes. But it seems like those quick out routes have been difficult for the Bears to defend. Yes. The middle middle section, everyone's like, you can exploit the Bears' defense in the middle. I've only noticed a couple instances so far where that's been the case – and let's be real, in the fourth quarter, you know, they were toast. Yeah, I, I just want to say something, though. Uh, I think as non-athletes, mm. we truly... Speak for yourself, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> we underestimate uh, what it's like to play in mile high at that kind of elevation. I know from covering the UFC, when they would go into Denver or Mexico City... I mean, these people would train for months, and once you get to that high altitude, it really does. It's another level, and it gasses you. And if you're used to playing in very, very flat Illinois, that's a huge difference. And to be honest, I could chalk up a lot of that to mile high, like the effects of that. I don't think people realize what that can do. And, And our defense was really was going for it. There were reports after the game that Khalil Mack, towards the end of the game, was unable to speak because he was so, he was so like, just trying to recollect himself and gas up. Yeah. And that's why Nagy called that timeout in that final sequence there. Absolutely. Was literally to give them that one extra minute. And you could see Khalil Mack on the sidelines at times, and it wasn't because he was hurt. It was just because he was sucking air. Yeah. And you could see it with all the guys. I saw a clip. They, they shot to Roquan Smith during the game, too, and he looked like he was just like, you know? And uh, it's a real thing. Yeah, it is. And when you got up 13-3, you did the smart thing by protecting the football, but the, the cause and effect of that was that our offense, the time of possession kind of flipped a little bit. The Broncos' offense was on the field a little bit more, and that taxed the defense big time. Yeah, it really did. And, and I think, like, if you look at the stat sheets, you know, two sacks, it was like, okay. But we were... We were pressuring Flacco quite a bit. Yeah, we changed his arm angle several times. I think we tipped a couple of passes, a couple of ducks fluttered up into the air that yeah. could have been intercepted. There was a lot of uh, a lot of blown up plays, I'll probably say. Yeah. And, you know, ultimately uh, it it came down to a mistake on special teams, you know? Well, it came down to so let's just like let's just walk this last final sequence of the game back, right? So, you know, they drive the ball down the field. Yes. Flacco throws a pick in the red zone. Yes. 
classic Flacco, by the way. Such ooh, a Flacco Delicious. Move. That was yeah. like an old, that was like Mama's Meatloaf right there. Yeah. I was like, ooh, I hadn't had this in a long time. Yeah, I was like, 2013? Huh? Where <laughs> Flacco, are we? Flacco destroying an offensive drive for a football team was uh, precious, a precious moment to see. I believe it was two drives later they get the ball back. They come down. They score a touchdown. Yeah. They go for the two-point. Broncos get called for a delay a game, yep. which puts them back. That then allows Vic Fangio to elect to kick a field goal, which I believe is now pushed back. They go to that field. I'm going to do the sequence, and then we'll talk about it. They, they go for the field goal. The extra point is missed. The Bears get called for offsides. Vic Fangio then elects to go back for the two-point conversion, and then they, get, then they finally get the two-point conversion on a fantastic catch that looked... As a Bears fan, I had weird like flashbacks to that Eagles catch in the playoff game because that was almost identical, like right in the corner. Did he get the other foot down? He got the toes down, and it was just it was heartbreaking. It was a knee. He got just one knee down, which counts as two feet in the NFL. Right, which and is it, crazy. And then he and then he was able to drag in the corner. Just a fantastic catch that I wish wasn't true, but unfortunately, it was. Yes, it. I got to be honest, I think I was standing up during that, and then I was laying on the floor face down. I think I Did you just plank down? I just planked down for a little bit, and suddenly I started to hear Simon and Garfunkel. Uh (laughs) The sound of silence began to play. The camera slowly pushed in on my face, touching the floor. And then Rex Grossman on a cloud, like some sort of odd, all of your different uh, Bears fans, fandom coming back and flashing before your eyes. I actually have a question for you. When they were about to kick the field goal, we had one timeout. Were you thinking that we were going to ice him? Were you upset that we didn't? Because I, I, okay, I was expecting, I was expecting the call at that point. I thought we were going to call a timeout there. Interesting. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, I wasn't. Um, and it's funny, I, it's so funny, uh, and here we are at the Mitch Trubisky stage, and a lot of people are still very upset, and it seems like that he's, he's 30 starts into his career, it seems like he's perhaps regressed at this point, I don't necessarily feel like it, I, I feel like at this point he's going to improve and get more comfortable as the season goes along, but it's so funny, I don't know what it is, and I've seen him do it several times, but Quarterbacks in the past, Jay Cutler, Rex Grossman, go down the list, Kyle Orton. With under a minute to play, and we need some points, I kind of trust Mitch Trubisky. It's very strange. It is a very strange thing, and I'm not sure if it's a product of him no longer able to think. He just has to play and chuck the ball around. But I think even in his rookie season, I was impressed with how that kid – I mean, because we were in so many close games in the John Fox era – and there were so many moments where Trubisky actually led a drive down the field that, that at the time, almost put it in a position to win a football game. And there were several times last year where he did it. The Eagles game is the same scenario. I was going to say, you were talking about the John Fox era, Joey. Last year, we didn't lose a game by more than seven points. Yeah, no, absolutely. And all the games were close. And for some reason, I wasn't thinking about that timeout because I thought, hey, with 31 seconds left, there is still some sort of crazy play that Trubisky could make to put us in position. And obviously, um, you know, I'm just going to say it. Uh, sorry, Bears fans, but that personal foul uh, on uh, Bradley Chubb on Mitch Trubisky was totally bullshit. All the personal p- fouls in that game I thought were awful calls. Uh, the Eddie Goldman, 
the Chubb call. I thought they were all terrible. Leonard Floyd got one too as well. I thought yeah, that Floyd. one was awful. And we sort of lucked out in that regard. And yet somehow on fourth and 15, the guy stands in the pocket, is able to slip up, find a slip up in the pocket, find a guy open and hit Allen Robinson. And he did it. I don't know. It was just a strange, there's a strange confidence there where it's like 98% of the time, I'm terrified. And then there's that 2% at the end of the game where I suddenly have some sort of confidence in him. Oh, Joey. I don't know. A win's it, a win, baby. It, it is a win. Yes. It is a win. Uh, you know, and that that's something we used to say about Jake Cutler is like he could lead that drive at the very end. Uh, you know, that just seems to be the Bears' way. We can't get anything easy. We just can't get a Sunday where we just we're up by twenty and we're just coasting by, can we? No, and um a win's a win. Good call on the under. Game ended up under 34.5. There was some I, money to be had there. We almost had the minus 6.5 in the first half. Um, just didn't quite happen. And then, of course, uh, Vegas wins again. Final score was uh, by a margin of two points. So the Bears did not cover in that game. Yeah. Uh, although I, I did predict a, a 13 to 9 win. And for a while, it very was close. Very close. It was very close. So I'm at least uh, I'm sniffing around. I'm 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 close. I got the scent. <laughs> yeah, we're getting very very close on this one. I think we're going to spin it forward and we're going to talk just very 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 briefly about Bears Redskins next week. Look at the opening line. Cover that. But first, let's hear a message from Vegas Sports Advisors. So right here on Betting Chicago, where do I go when I want winners and when I need more information? I go to VegasSportsAdvisors.com. It has a dozen pros posting their picks. Now, keep in mind, this is not a betting site. It's just information, information that you need. I want as much info as possible before I bet. Check it out and use my promo code, and it'll get you a free week. So why wouldn't you? VegasSportsAdvisors.com, promo code BETTINGCHICAGO. And any further picks and talks, you can check it out on that website. And once you get that information, go on over to my bookie while you're at it and enter promo code E-N-T-E-R-P-R-M-O-C-O. D-E, enter promo code at MyBookie, and they'll get $100 in their match, your first bet. Okay, Dave, next week, Monday Night Football, the marquee matchup that all NFL fans are clamoring for. Bears at Redskins. How do you feel? First off, how did that happen? I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking there. I mean, were they hoping for Haskins? Is they <laughs> Keenum versus Trubisky. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Redskins getting a primetime game uh, vexes me. Okay. I'm a bit vexed by that concept. Don't mind the Bears being on a primetime game. Sure. The line right now opens up at minus 6.5. Bears on the road. Bears offense still a work in progress. How do you feel about that line? Uh, I I don't think they're going to cover. I don't like that line either. Yeah. I, I, I have a weird feeling about this game. Mm-hmm. I speak your truth, Dave. I will. Uh, the Redskins somehow have been putting up points. They've been putting up points. They got a young wide receiver core, very talented. I like that scary Terry kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I definitely could see this being a higher scoring game, and that kind of worries me. 
What I've been able to um, gleam off of the Redskins season so far is they seem to play. Every, they've seen the first two games. They've played their teams, their opponents, very tough in the first half. Yeah, and then something seems to fall apart in the second half. Yes, the Eagles obviously pulled away in Week One, and then the Redskins didn't get done yesterday. I don't like that line either. I'll be honest. Um, Trubisky, even if he was going great on the road, his numbers are, have not been great throughout his career. No. That is still something that is not um, that does not come easy to him. I could uh, certainly see us winning the football game. Um, I've picked the Bears to cover in the first two weeks this season. I'm 0 for 2 on that front, so I think I'm going to go against the grain and say, I do like the Bears to win that game. I do not like them to cover at minus 6.5. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. What is interesting, though, is and what was great about yesterday, and it's going to be fun to think about all week long leading up to this game, is just for that one small moment, you know, the Panero kick, the one second that got put back on the clock or the one second that was on the clock that we were able to keep on there, the defense. I got a small taste of that 2018 mojo, and I like it. I like it, and I want another I want another sip, Dave. I want another sip. And I'm not just saying mojo is the Bears got lucky. I'm saying winning football teams figure out how to win games, even when their back is against the wall. The John Fox era, my God, the last time they were in Denver, the Marion Barber tragedy. I don't know if you remember that game. When he, when he was supposed to go out of bounds, they could have won the game, but he didn't. He oh, tried to go for right. extra yards and stayed in bounds, and they ended up losing the football that's game. That's right. Yeah, yeah, bonehead move, right? That didn't happen yesterday. They executed in those final minutes. And last season was filled with amazing, cool moments of just like, this team has got something special from the Motown dances in Detroit to beating the crap out of Tampa to knocking the Rams around, you know, on and on. There's all these different little moments. And that while the game was ugly yesterday, I did get a little taste of that 2018 mojo. I still think it's in there a little bit. Uh, hopefully that will galvanize the team coming in the next week, and hopefully the Bears will be able to pick up a, a convincing win for once. Let's start building towards something better. Yeah, and I think this is the game to do it, and this is the team to do it against. I think ultimately Case Keenum... Let me see. Uh, Last year, he threw 15 interceptions. Delicious. 15, okay? Multiple games with multiple interceptions. One of those games with four interceptions. He's yet to throw one this year. (laughs) Smell like something's coming, Joey. And you know who is on the precipice of getting his first pick this season is Eddie Jackson. He's been all over it. He played great yesterday. He's looked awesome. He just hasn't made that one big play yet. And he almost had it on that, uh, on one of the Flacco throws. Yeah. That was a little bit offline. And he is, uh, he's cruising. Yeah. He's ready. And, and I think right now the Redskins are very vulnerable. I mean, they're using Adrian Peterson as their main running back. Uh, he just seems like the gas is out of the tank. I think we'll be able to bottle that up pretty consistently. I think, again, it's all going to come down to what kind of incremental progress can the offense make? What kind of Mitch Trubisky performance are we going to get? Is he progressing in the right direction? And by week four or five, is he going to look more like the player that he was last year? And I think those are some of the things to look for in the game. Absolutely. I mean, really, it's, it's our offense that has to step up because I think our defense is going to feast on case. I think they're going to feast on the Redskins' offense with two banged-up tight ends. It's really our offense 
The Redskins have given up 63 yeah. points over the last two games. It's like, can we get to that place? That will be a huge narrative all week long, no matter where you get your Bears information, and I'm glad you're getting it from us here on Betting Chicago, is where are the explosive plays? Where are they going to come from? What's up with Tariq Cohen? You know, uh, are we going to throw the ball downfield? Is Mitch going to complete a pass of 25 yards or more? We're going to hear all that kind of stuff this week, and my hope is that the Bears are going to be able to answer some of those questions Monday night. Yeah, and I think... What I'm looking forward to in this game is going to be Turbo Taylor. He's my pick to click. Ooh, interesting. Because the Redskins' corners have trouble with speed. Deshaun Jackson feasted upon them. Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper feasted upon them. They get behind the secondary, and I think our guy to do that is probably going to be Taylor. That's a great call, and I, actually, I was, I'm almost on the same wavelength as you. I'm going with Tariq Cohen. Ooh, love it. It's been... It's been it's been a bumpy ride these first two games, but I have seen some small little things. I mean, he was wide open on that first drive. I mean, he sprung free. So it's almost the point now where I think defenses are accounting for him, but they're not focusing so uh, intensely upon him. And I think this is a great time for him to have a coming out party and have a huge offensive game. Absolutely love the call. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Believe Podcast Network. This was Betting Chicago. I'm Joey Christopoulos with my good friend Dave Raspoli. Thank you for joining me, Dave. Hey, Joey. Thanks for having me. It was a big Bears win, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I don't know if I'll be back this week because we've got a lot going on. I've got a wedding I'm attending this week. So we're hitting you right after a big Bears win on a big Bears win Monday. Thanks for tuning in. Till the next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.